Welcome to You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind with Katherine Potter. Are you ready to deep dive into a better understanding of how your mind, body, and relationships to everything else in your world come together? For the next hour, we invite you to embark on a journey of discovery and connections. Now, here's your host, Katherine Potter. Hello, everyone. My name is Katherine Potter, and I'd like to welcome you to You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind. If this is your first time tuning into the podcasts, each week we focus on a topic that supports the idea of holistic thinking, which means we connect dots and begin to see that everything and everyone is interconnected and in relationship. Today, we are going to look at how important it is to be present to and enlivened by laughter and joy. My guest is Billy Streen, a professor, author, and former NCAA athlete and coach. And he is going to talk about why laughter and joy is important for our mind and our body. So, Billy, I'd like to welcome you to the show. Thank you, Catherine. Yeah. So when I was reading through your material, um, you coach, you teach at the University of Alberta, you do presentations across North America, and I became really intrigued by the combination of athlete, coach, combined with somatics and a certified laugh yoga instructor, if I said that correctly. Um, so my first question for you is, what was the catalyst um, to move in those new directions and integrate what seems to be diverse modality? So what was the catalyst for you? I started as somebody who's interested in sports and as an athlete and interested in psychology. And probably the first question I asked was around the idea of how do you be your best? How do you have peak performance? How do you help people to achieve at their highest level? And as I moved along, there was another question about how do you have fun? Mm. How do you have joy? What's it like to enjoy the people you're with and the experiences you're having? And really that became one question and my one question that's probably guided everything I've done for the last 30 years is how do you have both, right? So if you thought of it as a diagram, you know, an X and a Y, if you have neither, that's pretty bad. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're in one corner and all you're doing is producing results, is that sustainable? And where's the experience? Then there's the other side where you might all be having a good time, but there may be no accountability, no commitment to really doing a great job. So the really fascinating and burning question to me is how do you have both? How do you produce great results and also have joy and fun and great connection with people? And that's led me really in all these different directions that have all contributed to my teaching, my coaching, my workshops and what I do with people. Hmm, very nice. I, I, I like the integration of it. So this, of course, leads me to ask you the question, tell me how you define joy. Because wow. uh, the reason why I'm saying that mm -hmm. is because I think people often define joy as always just the big, dramatic, oh my goodness, I, I got a major promotion or I won a lotto or blah, blah, blah. So tell me, which I don't think joy is I, okay. I have a different definition for it. Um, so I, I, I'd be very curious um, to hear your definition of joy. One, one of the things that I, I guess I pride myself on is not having a concrete definition that I stick with and always use. Mm -hmm. Same as with play. I teach a class about play right now and I tell the students I'm never going to tell you what play is. We stay in the inquiry. So I think joy at one level can be those moments of cheerfulness, of peace, of mm -hmm. aliveness. And one of my favorite books that I think is a really deep treatise is the Book of Joy. And Dalai Lama and Archbishop Tutu have conversations about the topic. And Douglas Abrams is the social scientist who works with them. And they really talk about joy as something more deep and more consistent than happiness. So whereas happiness may be much more transient, 
joy can be something that's more consistent and more deep that continues to live in you even as your moods shift. So just to clarify, I want to make sure I'm hearing what you're saying is happiness can come and go and can be externally based, if, if I'm hearing this correctly. But you're saying joy is an inner well, and it can be joy about sitting on your back porch having a cup of tea in the morning or joy about talking to some or joy in talking to someone. Are you meaning it in the same way? I think there's a both and about joy that in this very moment, there might be a way that we're engaged together and it's stimulating and there's a mood to it and there that's joy. Hmm. Right. And it may, so it's being instigated by something external. You're interacting with yeah, somebody I think, else. Yes. I think there's that sense of joy yeah. and there there's even things I've read where people speak of joy as shorter term than even happiness. You have moments mm-hmm. of joy. And then it yeah. You know, and it comes and goes. Yeah. I think there's a difference between joy and certain things that are just much more sensory. So I might say I enjoy the taste of this mm-hmm. food or beverage or I enjoy the smell of this, but I think that those things in and of themselves might be more, I don't know if the best word is pleasurable mm-hmm. or something like that, whereas I think joy has more depth and continuity. Very nice. <laughs> I mean, great answer. I'm always curious, though, when people are... Um, teaching something, you know, how do they define it? And I don't mean, I, I hear you say you don't define it for somebody else, but I, I love hearing about people's meaning. What do you mean by that? Mm-hmm. Very nice. So in your information, um, one of the things uh, that you mention is that you are a somatic coach. For our listeners who may not know what that means, can you just give a description of what somatic coaching is? Yes, the word somatic really has not landed as an everyday term. And yet some of the other terms we might use like embodiment or the body in its wholeness may be a little awkward as well. And the word comes from the word soma, Right? And has to do with the body. But the thing that we have to go to almost immediately is what do we mean by the body? Mm-hmm. And for most people, the body is an object. Mm-hmm. That our body takes us from our computer to our next meeting. And the sense of body in a somatic view is it's who we are as a history. So you look at a person and you can see certain things about the life they've lived. You can probably see that this person might be built for certain things, or there might be certain ways in which you would see them and trust them, or see them and say, this is a person I want to help me move my house, mm-hmm. or this is a person who I would really want to tell my vulnerable stories to. And then in that respect, the body is almost identical to saying human being. It's the integration of thinking, feeling, and acting which is very different from what I think most of us have grown up with is this dualistic or Cartesian mind-body split. Mm -hmm. And I was a philosophy major and really delved into these questions. And really, to me, it never really made sense that there's a mind and a body and then ask the question, how do we put them together? But I think our experience as we live is thinking, feeling, and acting and we could analyze and disconnect them, but really in any moment, they're all there. Mm-hmm. And I think what somatics tries to do in terms of as a practice with leadership or coaching is relate to the human being that way. So it's not just that you exist in thinking. It's not just that you are a body, but you are an emotional, thinking, acting, full person. And if we attend to all of these things, there's way more power and possibility than if we ignore one or more of them. Very nice. Great answer. Uh, Beautifully explained. And in order for that to unfold, of course, we have to learn to be present to ourselves, right? And to, um, I'm asking, by the way, I might be saying it as a statement, but what I'm hearing you say is 
you know, in any given moment in a particular situation, there might be something that arises, a body sensation, a thought, an emotion, to not to disconnect to them, but to be present to them. Would that also be part of your somatic coaching? And I would say almost all of the work that I do is against the backdrop of what I see is that people are disconnected in many ways from themselves, Mm -hmm. disconnected from each other, and disconnected from the planet. Mm -hmm. So if we disconnect from ourselves, we don't get the benefit of the wisdom of the body. And we can't tell, am I actually hungry or am I tired? And if you look around and you see a lot of us are some combination of obese, thirsty, tired, and distracted, a lot of it is just a lack of connection with the self and paying attention to all the wisdom that gives us the signals about how to live, how to take care of ourselves, how to be well. Mm-hmm. And then if we don't really connect with ourselves, it's very hard to really connect with other people. And what's exceedingly disturbing about that is if I don't really get, I'd say on the bigger picture that we're actually not separate, that that's an yes. unfortunate story. Yeah. But if I don't feel myself, I probably don't really feel you. And then I'm much more likely to let any form of conflict turn into aggression or violence. Mm-hmm. And if I don't feel the planet, I'm much more likely to damage it and not look at what it is to create a world where we live with respect for nature, with the understanding that we have this one spaceship Earth that we're all on, and we need to take care of it. And it really is, we are part of each other and the planet, and that's a very different view And I think if you look around the world, most of the things that aren't working, you could tie back to one or more of these disconnections. And so ideally, it starts with us. Feel ourselves, be present to ourselves, pay attention, don't harm ourselves, and then we'll be less likely. That's what I'm hearing you say. Then we'll be less likely to strike out at someone else, and then so on and so on and so on. Very interesting. So we are about to go to break. And when we come back, we're going to uh, hear a little bit more about your joy and your play workshops, which are fascinating. So stay tuned. And when we come back, we'll be talking to Billy Streen, a professor and a teacher of joy and play workshops. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you curious about your unique astrological blueprint? Would you like guidance on how to work consciously with the planetary cycles affecting your life? Are you ready to expand your horizons and release limiting beliefs or patterns that inhibit your growth and happiness? With insight, compassion, and experience, Catherine Potter holds a clear place for your unfolding evolution. For more information, go to catherinepotter.ca. That's catherinepotter.ca. Are you a budding or closet metaphysician, mystic, or astrologer? Do you want to find out about upcoming programs, workshops, lectures, or retreats? You'll want to sign up for Catherine's free monthly newsletter and stay up to date with informative articles and workshop information. Visit catherinepotter.ca to subscribe. From astrology to hypnotherapy and mysticism, you'll stay up to date on classes, consultations, and more. Visit catherinepotter.ca and stay in touch today. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is you, the universe, the holistic mind with Katherine Potter. To reach the show today, please send an email to Potter at shaw.ca. That's Potter at shaw.ca. Now back to you, the universe, the holistic mind. 
Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I am talking to Professor Billy Streen. He is a coach. He is a presenter. And he teaches workshops on play, correct, Billy? Play and laughter, humor, joy, play. And he's also a somatic coach. But I first want to find out about you have a business called Adventures in Joy. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I've been an entrepreneur as well as a professor for about 20 years and have not really known how best to talk about what I do because it doesn't fit neatly in some of the boxes. If I said I'm a sports psychologist, at least some people know what that is. Or if I said I'm a personal coach, I'm a business coach. And there's a lot of different pieces. And I met with a really wonderful marketing person here in Edmonton named David Betke. And as opposed to other people I worked with who talked more about more clients, more money, he said, I want to know what's in your heart. Mm. I said, this guy's different. Mm -hmm. And we talked. He read some of my stuff. He came and watched me do a workshop for people at Wellspring, which is people are um, living with cancer. And at the end of it, he looked at me and he said, joy. I said, Billy, what you're about is joy. Hmm. And it was obvious in a sense, but I'd never crystallize it the way David Betke did. And when I look back on a lot of things I've said and written, it was there. But I thought, yes, that actually is very much the most central thing about who I am and what I want for people is to be alive with joy. Mm-hmm. So is it Fair to say no matter what the external envi- uh, what is going on in your external world, there will be times when it's tough. But am I hearing you um, correctly when you, I keep hearing you, I keep hearing something internal to build. And maybe joy for me is like an internal. I hear that and I think, oh, that's a well that comes out of me, right? And so am I hearing that correctly? <laughs> I don't know. I think, <laughs> I think that there's, there is something that's like a baseline maybe that like in certain songs where there's that beat in the background mm-hmm. that that might be joy. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important to say I'm not a happy all the time person. No. And yeah. I think sometimes... Uh, People think that if you work in laughter, humor, and joy, you should have a smile on your face every time they see you in public, right? right? And I love some of the poets like Rumi and Hafiz Mm. and the whole idea of the relationship between laughter and tears. And I'm a real believer in having a whole emotional realm and that all of our emotions are valid and useful and I think it's very hard to suppress them selectively meaning if you want to feel high joy you have to allow yourself also to feel grief yeah and I think yes there's a way to say I I see to center in joy and there's a lot of practices such as gratitude that can foster more joy and I'm, I want that to be kind of my default as much mm-hmm. as possible mm-hmm. I want to help other people to have the freedom and power to feel joy and it's also being a full human being yes yeah, so I think what I'm asking or saying is that um, even though there can be hard things going on in your life there is also room for happiness. You talked about, you know, doing something at Wellspring where people mm-hmm. are dealing with cancer. Well, that's not a party, right? That is going to be challenging, right? And there's going to be many emotions in that. But it doesn't mean there has to be the absence of happiness or joy, too. Is that fair to say? It is. And one of the things that often happens when you get a cancer diagnosis or something yeah. like that is it's very easy to go into things like anxiety, despair, etc. And we know that those things also suppress the immune system. Mm-hmm. So you're doing yourself a double whammy. Or if you can face something like cancer with hope, 
optimism and laughter and humor can be gateways to the positive emotions, you're going to enhance your immune function and you're going to give yourself a better capacity to face the challenge of whatever it is, be it cancer or otherwise. You're giving yourself a really good boost. Yeah, and it's not, and, it's not like yeah. let's put positive thinking on top no. of your, your feelings or your yeah. pain. Yeah. But, I mean, a lot of people find that there's a real richness and depth and something that moves relationships that are otherwise taken for granted when they face serious illness. So there's often a gift in almost every experience in life, a gift of learning or a gift of deepening in some way, even though the first impact of certain experiences is not joy or happiness. Of course not, yeah. yes. And, and, and that's what I'm hearing you say, that it's not like something that's just always there. But there are many emotions within any given situation. Yeah, I think part of it's intention, right? We often mm-hmm. could go into all sorts of experiences with no real thought about how do I want to be? It's not our conversation. If I say, I really want to be joyful, compassionate, inspiring about transformation, and that's really my ground. That's what I want to bring to the dance wherever I am. Mm-hmm. It's much more likely that that shows up than the default of... I want to be complaining. <laughs> I want to be bitter. Yeah. I want to be resentful. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, that stuff yeah. will pop up on its own. Yes. And I think intending something else creates the more likelihood that you get that. Yes. So you're basically saying I'm, I'm, I, there is that opportunity to immerse myself in all those other things, but I'm going to look for these opportunities to be more positive or yes. Okay. So I am very curious to find out what happens at a play workshop. Is that what you call it? You teach that at yeah, University I mean, I of Alberta, right? Yeah, I teach a class right? that I have now that's about play. Mm-hmm. And I think bringing playfulness to a lot of what I do is also part of my intention. A lot of the work that I tend to do with companies and nonprofits and the workshops, often those are more in the laughter realm. They're also sometimes using laughter for well-being. And there's all these tie-ins to all of the things that people are looking for in terms of creativity and innovation, that those have a nice relationship with laughter and humor. And laughter and humor are also great ways to open people up to all sorts of good things like gratitude and flexibility and forgiveness and joy and all that. And being able to laugh at ourselves too, right? Yeah. For our perfectly imperfect selves. Yeah. Yeah. When we can laugh at ourselves, it allows us to kind of have shock absorbers. Mm-hmm. where if we take ourselves too seriously and get rigid, any little thing throws us off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good answer. And so, <laughs> I mean, they're great answers, right? It's, it's things we know, but we forget as we go through our very serious lives and our serious days and our serious careers, we forget, right, to lighten up a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. So, you're getting um, a variety of people, I would assume, taking these workshops. Not So I know you have been a coach and an athlete, but that's not just, those aren't the people necessarily showing up or when you're presenting, right? So are you getting quite a diverse? Yes, I would say that in some ways as my time working with people has gone through the decades, I probably do less really in the realm of sports than when I started. And I'm working with varieties of people more on the, I don't know, the fundamentals of their life in terms of their relationships, what they're yearning for, being more fulfilled, being more joyful. And who wouldn't want that? So one of the things that makes a good entrepreneur is being able to say, here's here's the niche that I uh, am involved in. And for me, really, yes, I could say I'm interested in working with people who are often seeking to be high performers but have lost their spark and that they want to have more joy in what they're doing. And really, 
I mean, if you're human, I'm interested. And I think there's often something that the variety of all I bring um, is useful. So you're you're basically saying it. There is no one particular group of people. You're open to working with a variety. Yes. So you said something that caught my ear. Um, and and I think it's an interesting word about you know for whatever reason when people lose their spark, and is. I love that word, right? It's an interesting word because what does that even mean? So tell me a little bit about if somebody comes to you um, for whatever reason, they lost their spark, they burnt out, they, you know, realized it wasn't the right path. What would that look like? How how do you approach that? Whether it be in a classroom or one-on-one, how, how, how do you coach people to get their spark back? <laughs> Tell me what spark means to you. I, um, I, 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 yeah, I cue into certain I, words. I, it's a great catch. I think probably some point early in my life, I looked around and I thought, do these people not get it? We're alive. Hmm. If you, there's a great cosmologist, Brian Swim, and he talks about how we should live in wonder wonder about how things are, but to be in a state of wonder that we were all born with, Mm -hmm. right? And part of what I see is people get influenced by their life that has them be less full of wonder, less marveling at life. And it manifests in a variety of ways, but you can see in people's energy in their conversation that there's a heaviness, there's a seriousness, there's a loss of those things. And I think there's a lot of ways to bring them back to that. There's the kind of shorter term experience where you bring people into a room and you have them laugh together, they feel better. And I'd say part of what I've really discovered is true transformational work where people can work with their past and get their past back in their past is what makes the, that's what's made the biggest difference for me. And that's what I think makes the biggest difference for people. So just so I hear what I think I'm hearing, I'd like to clarify when you say getting their past in the past, are you basically saying to make sure that their current day version is in the driver's seat and not their 14-year-old story or... Yeah, I mean, I think in some ways your 5-year-old or your 14-year-old or your 17-year-old, when you made these decisions in your life, they're always on board. Sure, because we I, want them integrated. Right, yeah. and I think for a lot of people, those are those completely continue to live in the blind spot. And when you can do work that allows you to discover what you didn't know about what you didn't know, mm-hmm. now you can see the line, the landmines and avoid stepping on them. Good answer. All right, we are about to head to break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about what laughter yoga is. I'm curious about that phrase. So stay tuned. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you curious about your unique astrological blueprint? Would you like guidance on how to work consciously with the planetary cycles affecting your life? Are you ready to expand your horizons and release limiting beliefs or patterns that inhibit your growth and happiness? With insight, compassion, and experience, Catherine Potter holds a clear place for your unfolding evolution. For more information, go to CatherinePotter.ca. That's CatherinePotter.ca. Are you a budding or closet metaphysician, mystic, or astrologer? Do you want to find out about upcoming programs, workshops, lectures, or retreats? You'll want to sign up for Catherine's free monthly newsletter and stay up to date with informative articles and workshop information. Visit CatherinePotter.ca to subscribe. From astrology to hypnotherapy and mysticism, you'll stay up to date on classes, consultations, and more. Visit CatherinePotter.ca and stay in touch today. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is you, the universe, the holistic mind with Katherine Potter. To reach the show today, please send an email to Potter at shaw.ca. That's Potter at shaw.ca. Now back to you, the universe, the holistic mind. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. I'm talking to... Professor and presenter and author, Billy Streen, and coach. And um, before we went to break, you were talking about transformation. Mm -hmm. Can you go a little bit more into that? Yeah. I think transformation, as a a word, could mean various things. And as an experience, one one of the most transformational experiences I had was about 20 years ago. I did a course called the Landmark Forum. And then I did a bunch of work with Landmark Education that really made a big difference for me. And I thought that I wanted to go down that path and be a leader with them. And when I look at it now, it's kind of like the hero's journey, this idea that you get Mm -hmm. a call and then I kind of refused the call. And I'm very reinvigorated because I did a program, their second program they offer is called the Landmark Advance Course. Mm -hmm. And I did that at the end of September. And this notion of revealing your blind spots, it revealed a particular blind spot to me that really, I think, influenced everything from my relationship to my wife, to how I felt about my bosses at work. And it's really been almost like a whole new reality. It's, I would say it's like a month of miracles. And you know, I'm excited about what I got. And so I'm really excited about making that available for other people. And that's now really a big part of the path that I'm going down Mm -hmm. is to be able to lead that, that education. So let's talk a little bit about blind spots, because I know how I would define that. But I'm curious to know what you mean by blind spots, which we all have. I always think of them as the little bits that we're disconnected to, and we don't see them. Right. Mm -hmm. And we need often an observer to help us. Yeah. Uh, Right. Or we could just ask all the people in our lives. No, I'm joking. Yeah. (laughs) But but tell me a little bit what you mean by blind spots. Well, to really get it on the court with a specific example, right, that there was something in the background for me that I think really came from when I was five years old. And I had an experience where I was playing doctor with the girl from across the street and my mom walked into my bedroom and I'm wearing only my socks and she had her pants down. My mom shrieked. Mm -hmm. And I think what I would have yelled in that moment, if I could have, was, I'm not doing anything wrong. Mm -hmm. Love me. Mm -hmm. And I had no idea that that was really in the background for me pretty much all day long. And that would influence how I would interact with my wife. And when I'd assess somebody as not doing something right, how I would respond by withdrawing my love or, you know, more accurately, maybe mm-hmm. beat on them a little bit. And now that I can see that, it fundamentally alters, you know, what's possible in relationship. And I can be responsible for that. Mm-hmm. So it's really what makes a big difference for people is not gaining knowledge, but being able to discover the things that you didn't know that you didn't know. Exactly. And by definition, you're not going to see them without a new lens or a new way of unconcealing those. So, which brings us back to what we were talking about earlier about being present to self. And when we can be fully present to ourselves, then we will interact with others. And so you're saying you saw something and then it's affected how you work with your coworkers, how you interact with your partner, correct? Totally. Yes. yes, I like that. It's a great, I mean, that's what transformation's about, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Right? Yeah, and putting the most integrated, fullest version of ourselves in the driver mm-hmm. seat of our life, right? Yeah. 
Very nice. So I want to talk a little bit about your book called Alive with Joy. Did I? Yep. Yes. Um, so what is the core message in that? The book looks at what I call the five elements of joy. And they're all, I think, ways or places or domains to add to your joy. And I think part of my perspective is rather than having concepts, it's about practices. So the first level is the things that everybody knows but very few people do around nutrition, hydration, rest, and something like mindfulness or, you know, what you do to be able to pay attention. Whatever version. Of, right. Yeah. And, you know, they're the obvious things that mm-hmm. if you're not drinking enough water and you're not getting enough sleep, you're probably not going to have a strong foundation. So it's doing those things and they may be joyful themselves, but that's creating the foundation. Mm-hmm. It's about relationships, which I think for most people are the most important thing to really live a life of joy. And I think really we all want to love and be loved very fundamentally. It's about a connection with nature. And I think people often miss another, mm-hmm. a lot of these things are great because they're free or almost free. They they're are. Just being, being connected with nature, spending time in nature. Lots of really fascinating research over recent times that show simply being in trees reduces your stress increases your joy so it's looking looking at those things that we can that we can do it's also you know the area of laughter humor and play for sure that there are things that we can do that are more maybe directly or the or the real heart of joy and and having those things so it's really looking um, at some of these um, areas and that for some people the different things are going to resonate but I think a lot of those are fairly universal yes and uh, each each one of those levels or layers or are, are, are important right they build off each other right yeah. if you're not taking care of yourself then it's hard to be inspired or have a spark yes right yes. If, I, you, if you're dragging you know, around all day, you can't, you can't be enthused about learning something, or is that fair? Yeah, and the, the, <laughs> one I, the one I didn't say is inspiration. Okay. And I think inspiration and meaning are very fundamental to us yes. having a sense of joy. And I think, again, another hidden secret is real joy, you know, to ask that question again. I love the quote from George Bernard Shaw about the true joy in life is being used for a purpose might, that you see mighty I'm, I'm, I'm not tracking the right quote, but you see as, as mighty and that it's not about you and yourself and your feverish little, mm-hmm. you know, cloud ailments, and, but it's yeah. really about your life belonging to the community and that real joy in many ways about contribution and service. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes people don't have a place to understand why I say, you know, come Wednesday night and find out about the Landmark Forum at the Chateau Louis at 7 o'clock because I know what a difference it made for me and that make a great difference for you. And they say, well, what is this, a multi-level thing? And I'm like, no, I'm not getting a toaster, but, you know, I really think that for me to be able to make a difference in other people's lives is the best thing that I can do. And it and it also contributes to your longevity. My 90-year-old mom mm-hmm. goes and volunteers at the hospital. Mm-hmm. And she makes a difference with people. Mm-hmm. And she's more alive because of it. And it gives her life more meaning, meaning and purpose. Yes. And I think we're all hungry to contribute to each other. Mm-hmm. But we don't necessarily go after that in a very direct, intentional way. And I think the more we make our lives about other people, like the best way to be happy fast, go make somebody else happy. You know, I totally agree with this. I think, though, you know, just in the field that I've worked in, sometimes we have such a big dramatic idea about what that means, that if we're not the superstar, if we're not the celebrity, if we're not the Dalai Lama, if we're not, like whatever field it might be, then what do we have to contribute? But sometimes it, it can be 
those small acts, the kindness, the taking the time to, like you said, your nine-year-old mom going and helping somewhere, um, whatever is within a person's capability and their time, um, I, I think we lose track yeah. that it can be in smaller ways and it's as important as the big dramatic. People, people think I've got to be Mother Teresa yes. or Martin Luther King or yes. Craig Kilberger or, or exactly. whatever your version is. And I love the idea that the most important person is the person right in front of you. Yes. And, you know, one of the things I think I don't necessarily always let come in and value is I might just go for lunch with someone and say, you know what? I feel better. Mm-hmm. I find, you know what? Whenever I'm around you, I tend to feel better. Mm-hmm. And I think, wow, if I have a conversation with someone and they're more freed up or they feel appreciated, that makes a difference. It makes a difference and it has a ripple effect. I think you're this is so really important because people are so busy. They don't understand that it can be the smallest thing. For example, going and listen, you know, ch- chatting with a friend over lunch, exactly that. It There's so many small ways we can do this. And it doesn't have to mean one more thing to do. Because often I hear with clients or students, it's like, oh my gosh, there's one more thing to do. I have to be a good person. It's like, oh my goodness. It's not about that. It's, no. Be bring yourself. Yeah. Be and, yourself. And, you know, one of the things that pops my mind and clear clearly I think I like to talk is listening. Yes. People are hungry to be heard. Yes. And often I think we wanna offer our great advice and a lot of times that's counterproductive. I think a lot of what coaching is is giving people the experience of really being heard. And with students in my communication class, so it looks like we're doing public speaking, but you know, there's 25 people in the class. You get 24 times more mm-hmm. opportunity to practice listening. Mm-hmm. And we often listen in a very, what does this mean for me and how does it affect me and all about me and let me wait till your lips close so I can talk. When really, when we listen and have our attention on the other person, wow, what a gift. Oh, so well said. I think we could all spend time learning to become exquisite listeners. Mm. And there, so again, we don't stop and think that, you know, no matter what's going on in our life, if we can just be present to this person, they're going to walk away feeling heard and they'll walk away feeling better. So great reminder about (laughs) communication. It's such an important thing, right? And and again, makes it that each one, it's doable. Us serving is doable. And it's not always in this little box of what service looks like. So good reminder. So we are about to head to break. And when we come back, we're going to hear a little bit more of Billy Streen's wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Are you curious about your unique astrological blueprint? Would you like guidance on how to work consciously with the planetary cycles affecting your life? Are you ready to expand your horizons and release limiting beliefs or patterns that inhibit your growth and happiness? With insight, compassion, and experience, Catherine Potter holds a clear place for your unfolding evolution. For more information, go to catherinepotter.ca. That's catherinepotter.ca. Are you a budding or closet metaphysician, mystic, or astrologer? Do you want to find out about upcoming programs, workshops, lectures, or retreats? You'll want to sign up for Catherine's free monthly newsletter and stay up to date with informative articles and workshop information. Visit CatherinePotter.ca to subscribe. From astrology to hypnotherapy and mysticism, you'll stay up to date on classes, consultations, and more. Visit CatherinePotter.ca and stay in touch today. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. This is you, the universe, the holistic mind with Katherine Potter. To reach the show today, please send an email to Potter at shaw.ca. That's Potter at shaw.ca. Now back to you, the universe, the holistic mind. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. I'm talking to Billy Streen, and we are about to talk very briefly because there's so much to talk about um, what laughter yoga is, because I want to find out if your version of laughter yoga is the same version of the (laughs) laughter yoga I got exposed to. So tell me what that is. Laughter yoga most simply is a bunch of people getting together and laughing, and we might say laughing away stress. It starts out as an exercise. You might say you make yourself laugh or simulated laughter. And then when you're in a group of people and you see the smiling faces and you hear the sounds of laughter, it rolls into what might feel like your full natural laugh. And what's great about it is people have different senses of humor, but laughter is universal. And laughter is probably the best stimulus for laughter Because if I tell a joke, some people will laugh, some people won't, Mm -hmm. whereas laughter works for everybody. And if you gather with people and laugh together, you can get a really good dose of laughter in a short period of time, and you get lots of benefits. It enhances immune function. It reduces pain. All that chemical release, right? Yes, yes. Okay, it is the same version and is hilariously funny and so much fun to do and so innocent. And even I've noticed when I've been involved people who would think this isn't funny we all end up you can't it's contagious totally. laughter yoga is contagious yeah. and maybe that's a good thing to remember laughter is contagious right it's a good thing yeah. to catch yeah absolutely and if you think about all the benefits you get in terms of physical benefits social connection and so forth if you put that in a pill it would be the most popular pharmaceutical on the market yeah but no side effects and it's free and it, it still fascinates me why this is still kind of a bit of an out there thing and that yes. everybody's not doing it because it's very rare you meet somebody who comes and they laugh for 15 or 20 minutes and they go, wow, I feel more stressed. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Ah, I like it. So um, before the show began, we were talking about a new book that you are working on and one of the chapter titles is, can you share that? The night I stopped hating Donald Trump. Yes. What's the story behind that? That it really comes down to the idea with which I think you opened the show. Is if we really see that the notion that we're separate is something that's created in language. It's not our reality. And that we are actually all, how we might say it, one or Mm -hmm. interconnected. And there's a way that that can feel very conceptual. Like, I get, like, oh, I like this idea. But when we really get it, and I think that's a lot of what I got out of doing the advanced course, was breaking apart some of the notions of reality that aren't, that aren't real, and really the notion of who human beings are for human beings. And if you look in the world, what we mostly see is a lot of division. And I think without really that core shift, we're going to be tinkering. We try and have a little bit better environmental sustainability. We try and have a little more social justice. Mm -hmm. But if we can really shift our relationship about who people are for each other, to me, that's what gives me hope and optimism that we might actually be able to have a planet where we have environmental sustainability and social justice and spiritual fulfillment and that the planet works and we can live together. And so from that perspective, there's really no place to be hating anybody. And I see how much energy I've wasted. Mm-hmm. And what we do, we tend to find people who agree with us who are on the other side and they find that these people are wrong and we're right. And it's a horrible waste of energy and it's actually very damaging. It's damaging to an individual. It's damaging to our society. So my story 
that I want to write about is from personal peace to a world that works. So we might begin with things at a personal level of forgiveness, of gratitude and appreciation, of love, and that's going to change our lives and our relationships. When we take it to a broader sphere of humanity and we have that relationship for humanity, we want that for everybody. Like then nobody wins unless everybody wins. And I'm not going to have my right arm stabbing my left arm. I'm going to relate to other people like we are a body. Mm-hmm. To me, then that fundamentally alters. So I might not like a particular politician, a particular stand, but I could be hating on them or I could say, what's the conversation that I can have with whom and how do we make a difference here? Because I think fundamentally people actually have shared concerns and commitments. And if we get curious about somebody who shows up as really opposite to us and really listen to them, there's hope. Mm-hmm. And it's going to take a new model. I agree. I agree. Beautifully said. I, I absolutely love it. Yes. Mm. All right. So... I would like to um, make sure we have enough time so we can mention how people can find you. So your uh, website is adventuresinjoy.com. Is that correct? So adventuresinjoy.com. And uh, if you want to email, it's Billy at billystreen, S-T-R-E-A-N dot com. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. And then, Billy, your latest book, you have how many, by the way? I've written four, but there's really three that are somewhat available. Okay. (laughs) Your latest one is called Alive with Joy, and where can people find it? That's on amazon.ca and amazon.com and available in paperback and Kindle. Okay. All right. And uh, so... I want to thank you for coming and sharing your wisdom, your information, your joy. Mm-hmm. And I hope you come back and chit-chat with me again because I think you have a lot to talk about and a lot to share. And, and it's been very nice having you here. It's been a delight for me. Thank you, Catherine. Yeah, I really appreciate it. So, uh For those of you who want to listen, um, to continue to listen to podcasts, I have a new website. It's called You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind.ca. It'll probably be just a couple more days um, before it is visible. And uh, go there and you can listen to past podcasts and future podcasts. On November 14th, my next guest is Tammy Quick, who is a homeopathic practitioner, and she specializes in the the Heilkunst method. And I think I probably just murdered that word. So my apologies <laughs> if I did. Um, so so uh, stay tune in November 14th. And then the other thing I'd like to remind everybody is let's all be willing to be open to receiving and spreading laughter and joy. And to remember that we can do that in a small way. And as Billy was mentioning, um, there are many, many ways we can serve. And sometimes just paying attention and not getting involved in all the negative and the criticism and remembering to uh, find a positive way to hear somebody and put a positive word out there it can be a service. So enjoy your week. I hope you tune back in. And thank you for listening to You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind. Thank you for listening this week. Please join your host, Catherine Potter, for another edition of You, the Universe, the Holistic Mind, next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we speak again, have a great week.